Welcome to the new episode of Big Irv versus the People, the pop-up episode. Y'all know how I do with these pop-up episodes, man. Everything's broken down into multiple phases. Because whenever something happens, I like to just do a quick recording. Sometimes they last longer than what I want them to be, but... (sighs) Listen, man. This, This week's... Uh, podcast is going to be very hilarious because, um, first of all, y'all know where I'm going to start off. Oh, that sad music. Oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, no. Y'all know who this music is for. It's, it's for y'all, y'all LeBron fans. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh why stop? No, let's, let's go back and play that again. Oh my word. Shed a tear for y'all LeBron fans. Just to give y'all another reason to hate me. The so-called LeBron hater. Let's stop stop the music. Stop the music. Stop the music. Look, first of all, let me tell y'all something. I love talking about LeBron, man. Not not strictly because I hate LeBron. Sad truth is, I love watching LeBron play. I love what he does on the basketball court. But, just like every other person that puts up that basketball and and puts on that jersey, everybody deserves to be criticized. And the one thing about LeBron fans, they're genuine fans. You, You ride for your favorite player. But, this isn't for the LeBron fans. Oh, it's a sad day. This is for those LeBron stands. Oh, my God. The fans that don't want to call themselves LeBron fans, but deep down, they know what size jockstrap he wears. They know how many loops in his shoes he has. They know how many how many creases he has in his Air Force Ones. Those guys. Listen, the one thing that I like to do is... uh. I like to post comments and conversations about things dealing with and around LeBron James to the to the point where it frustrates those LeBron stands. And uh, I, I know he's not going to listen to my podcast, and I wish he will because uh, <laughs> because it, this is bona fide bona fide rhetoric from LeBron stands. First of all. I like those people who are fans of basketball and have a favorite team. But you have people who don't have favorite teams. They have favorite players, and no matter what team they play on, that's their favorite team. I don't like those guys. Now, me personally, I'm a Washington Wizards fan. So so deep down that I still call them the Washington Bullets. And if you are a Washington Wizards fan that is over the age of 20... Let's see, they moved in 90... They changed the name in 94. So so to the people who were born in the 85-ish and before, I can I can say 88 because you're still of age, but, it, but let's say just say 85 and before. You still call them the Washington Bullets. No knock to the new name of the team, but we, st- we just don't like the Wizards. We're Bullets fans. We still remember the theme song when they had Chris Webber, Jawan Howard, and George Marisan. And if you don't remember, I'm sorry. You you're not a you're not a, a long time 
Bullets fan. You're a new time Wizards fan. And that's okay. We still accept you guys. But let's just go off a post that I put up just a quick second ago. And it's, it's surrounding Montrez Harrell. So, as you guys know, and I do this for every single team that has a superstar. I did this for the Clippers when PG and Kawhi came together. I did this for um, the Wizards when they decided to trade for Russell Westbrook. I did this for the Phoenix Suns when they picked up Chris Paul. And just a small little background. I usually say, let's look at the tape. Let's understand the type of players that these players are and what team they're going to. And, you know, you got those guys that will hype up the hype train for every every player that comes to their team. I'm not one of those guys. Was I excited when they got rid of John Wall for Russell Westbrook initially? Absolutely not. I was not excited at all. Mainly because of what happened in the playoffs with Russell Westbrook. I respect the hell out of Russell Westbrook. Anybody that can get a triple-double at the rate that he does. Anybody that plays at the energy at the rate that he does. Any Anybody that does what he does on the basketball court. You have my full support. I'm cheering you on. So, my thing is with Russell Westbrook over John Wall, that I love John Wall more than anything, was John Wall was one of those type of players that on the defensive end of the basketball, you see a lot of chase down blocks, a lot of effort, and those type of tang- tangibles and and uh, fundamentals in the game of basketball that I liked about John Wall that at this current part of his career, Russell Westbrook doesn't have on a consistent basis. He has that, but on a consistent basis. Like, you can go to the last season that John Wall played in Washington, a full season, and it seems like every other game he had one chase down block. One block coming from the other side of the court. Multiple steals on the top point guard on the other team. When you watch Russell Westbrook, and this is one thing that I saw, and I dreaded it the day that they traded for Russell Westbrook. And I'm sorry if I'm messing his name up, but I'm not doing it on purpose. His name rhymes too much. But his effort on the offensive end, I saw translated to the entire team. But his effort on the defensive end, I also saw translated to the entire team. And when I say that is, if you look at the tape, everything I say, I don't say box score. I don't say sports center. I don't say any of that. Look at the tape. The only guy that had effort on defense was Daniel Gafford. He wasn't even with the team the entire season. And it frustrated me because that type of effort that he was putting on will translate to the entire team, but he's only playing 15 minutes a game. So basically a little over a quarter, the guy that has the most effort on defense is playing. Now, I'm not in the gym, so I don't know if it's conditioning-wise or things like that, but 15 minutes for your most defensive effort player, that's not going to translate to the entire team. So one thing that I noticed with Russell Westbrook is he's, he's one of those players that I hate playing with because he is the switch king. And... We have an inside joke on one of my former teams is, if you're a switch king, I can't play with you. He's one of those guys that, he's guarding the point guard. As soon as the point guard passes the ball, he dips into the paint instead of staying up on his man. Why does he dip into the paint? So that if his man gets the ball, 
the next defender that's closest to him should be able to get to the to the player that he's guarding. You're the switch king. So if the guy that he's initially guarding scores, his first reaction is, why didn't you step up? And you can see it because it started happening with Bradley Bill toward the playoffs. And if you look at, I'll go back to the stats, and I hate doing this, but if you look at the stats for the defensive rating for the Washington Wizards this past year, they gave up a lot of 140-point games, 130-point games, 150-point games twice because that type of defense translates. Now, going back to my initial my initial thing, uh, I put up a post focused on Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell, who we all know is one of the best energy guys in the league right now. And I felt that his role with the Clippers was his best situation. He would get 25-plus minutes. Um, you got two guys who like to put up shots, and if the ball comes off, that's where his energy comes in. Okay, best best fit at the current point in time. So when the Clippers decided not to re-sign him, I started scratching my head. Like, what? why would you not re-sign the one guy that comes off your bench and continues to keep that energy at a high level when you start your substitution process. And then I noticed they got rid of Lou Williams. So I was just like, all right, the Clippers are just throwing it in. They're, they're, they're throwing their bags on PG and um, Kawhi Leonard and just getting rid of their bench, which which will hurt them in the long run. Ultimately, it's giving them a series against Dallas right now. But these are the things that I observed. So I think before Montrez Harrell went to the Lakers, Chris Paul went to the Phoenix Suns. And the first thing I said was, the way the Phoenix Suns played in the bubble by not losing a game, all they need is a guy who can run the show and guide those guys to get better. They picked up Chris Paul. They're the number two seed. They've been number one, two, three, one, two, one, two, two, to where we are now the entire season. So now the intention is not fully on Devin Booker. There's not enough. There's not a huge pressure put upon DeAndre Ayton. And then you got a lot of guys who are fill-ins that are actually solid fits with a guy like Chris Paul, a guy that can control the offense, get you open, and will find the best option on the court. I like those guys. Those guys like Rondo. Those guys like Chris Paul. Those guys like um, 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 uh, coming to mind, coming like Steve Nash. Um, I like those guys. Those guys will find their opportunities in the rest of the team, and when it's time for them to take over, they they'll do that. But then it came down to Montrez Harrell. So in the back of my mind, I was thinking to myself, hmm, Montrez Harrell, where could he go? And he could possibly start, maybe come off the bench and have the same type of impact, playing the same kind of role by not compromising his his playing style. So I was thinking to teams like Portland, you know, Utah doesn't necessarily have a solid power forward. You know, they're rotating guys in and out now. Um, excuse me, um, Denver at the time had Paul Millsap, but they ended up making a trade for Gordon, who's starting to fade a little bit, but it's another story. Um, you know, maybe go somewhere in the East, like a New York, like I could imagine a Montrez Herald in New York with, with, with Randall, who's, who's a like slow pace. But when I thought about it, that's not really a good fit for him in New York. Like, some, he can go to Miami. Could you imagine him and Bam in Miami? Hungry? Oh, dangerous. 
But then he signs with the Lakers. So I remember posting it at the time and I showed frustration because I thought that the only way Montrezl Harrell would show his his extreme talent is when LeBron James decides to have a, a sit-out game. And I think every game that LeBron James did not play this past year, Montrez had a 2010 game. I think so. So his talent blew up because of the fit on the playing style that LeBron James has as a player. So when you're playing with LeBron James, there's only two type of players that you can have on the team with LeBron James. A stretch big who's athletic and a guy who could just stand stand still on the corner or on the wing and catch his pass after he drives. That's it. So if you try to fit any other piece to that type of, of pie, a guy like a Kyrie Irving who, who realized that he wasn't a, a good fit and wanted out of Cleveland, um, any one of those guys, you know what I mean? You're going to be put into a situation where you're going to regress instead of progress. And this entire season, Montrezl Harrell regressed to the point where he didn't even play two games. And how does a guy who was just sixth man of the year miss two games? That's disrespectful. And if I'm the coach, I'm finding a way to get this guy on the court for 20 minutes. And ultimately, it's the, type, it's the same type of thing that happened to Kenneth Fareed back in the day when he left Denver and went to Houston. And his career just phased, like slowly phased out. He's having a solid career overseas right now, but those two guys are very comparable in, in, the, in the way that their careers are going. But I said the same thing when they picked up Marcus Saul and got rid of Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. Um, I said the same thing when I wanted them to get LaMarcus Aldridge, but they decided to get Andre Drummond, who is extremely not a good fit because you're a guy that's strictly a paint player on a team of guys who like to drive. Like, that's not a good fit. So you got a guy like Marc Gasol, whose defense is killing in the paint, but the Lakers' defensive style is a switch-rotate type of defense because they have all a lot of guys who can defend one through five. So that's 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 your setup. So when you bring in a guy like Marcus Saul, that's not a good fit. But every time I post stuff like this, stating facts and actuality, the first thing that came, comes out of every Stan's mouth, you're a LeBron hater. I'm speaking on the play style, not one player. And this is why I say I have issues with the way that LeBron plays. Do I hate the way he plays? Absolutely not. Because ultimately, the one thing that everybody looks at is his stats. You talk about a guy who averages 25 and 8. Fine. He averages 25 and 8. He makes his team better. But when, when, it all, when it's all said and done, he's not making his team better. He's, he's making himself look good. And it's obvious. Like, there's a difference between making yourself make, making your teammates better, a la Magic Johnson, a la Shaquille O'Neal, a la Chris Paul, than, than making yourself look good. So what I mean by that is just look at the conversations that a lot of people are having with LeBron James. They're not talking about how much better the teams are getting with him. They're talking about the players not being good that are on his team. Like it, bo- it bothers me because these conversations I've tried to have over the years 
about how he doesn't want to groom players to become great. He wants to get players who are already great. And when he does not get players that are already great, all of a sudden, they're not good players. They don't belong in the NBA. And that's, to me, as a basketball fan, is being disrespectful. So I posted this 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 post today, and I put the worst choice ever made this past offseason. I told you guys playing with LeBron won't make the sixth man better. But then again, you fans don't listen. Watch the game. The tape says so much. In the very first comment, you are a sick individual. What does that have to do with my post? To say to even say that you're a sick individual means you're implying that I'm saying that LeBron James is a bad player. You're not listening to what I'm saying. You're you're inciting something that isn't there. So my my main comment after that was and he has he's yet to respond to it and I'll I'll mention something with it. So you're telling me and I and he's he likes football. He he knows more football than basketball. I said, so you're telling me that if you're a number one wide receiver, a guy say like DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., if you know the play style that the Baltimore Ravens have, are you going to Baltimore to play with Lamar Jackson if you are that that style of player? In a way, it was a bad example because I said number one wide receiver, but let's use Sammy Watkins as an example. Baltimore was basically Sammy Watkins' last resort to stay relevant at that particular time that he was getting offered. I felt that if he waited a while, he would have got more offers to be wide receiver on another team. But when we, when the season ends and we start looking at Sammy Watkins stats with him and Hollywood Brown, I guarantee you both of them combined will not have 1200 yards receiving and 10 touchdowns. Why? It's because of the Baltimore Ravens style. That's not telling, that's not me saying that Lamar Jackson is a bad quarterback is me saying that the style that they want to have doesn't fit with the players that they're picking up. And that's what I'm trying to get through. So when I have these conversations with LeBron fans, the first thing that comes to my mind when they comment is... And this is so sad. Why, why are we listening to violin strings every time I have to talk to a LeBron James fan? <laughs> like come on man like it's sad man like nobody wants to keep it strictly basketball um when they decided to get Dennis Schroeder in there um over Rajon Rondo first thing I said was Schroeder doesn't match up with LeBron that's that's not the guy that you want to match up with LeBron multiple he has one game with no points why because they started to play the game the way that LeBron enjoys the game Lestroders just stands in one spot. LeBron runs the show. So, I, <laughs> I, I just don't get it, man. I really don't. And it's, to me, it's funny. To others, it's hatred. I don't get it, man. So, honestly, it was it was funny because I made another comment. And this segment is basically talking about LeBron right now. I'm sorry. So, 
I saw another fr friend of mine that I went to college with talking about LeBron, and he posted, why do y'all hate LeBron so badly? He's out of the playoffs, so find a new topic. It's sickening at this point. So the first comment after that was, because they're effing weird. How do you really hate someone who does SHIT nobody else has before in the history of the game? And ultimately, that's a dumb comment because Grant Hill was that. Tracy McGrady was that. Michael Jordan was that. Magic Johnson was that. Larry Bird was that. The only difference is they played 82 games and didn't last 18 seasons. So for a guy who played 82 games one time in his career, 75, 75 or more, four times, five times in his career, we're really trying to compare apples to oranges. Come on. Um, personally, I think he's the GOAT off the court. On the court, all-time great. Honestly, I love him until he's compared to MJ or Kobe, my only issue. Facts. It's facts. Why are we comparing different generations? Yes, they played against each other at one point. Not Mike, not Mike and LeBron, but Mike and Kobe and Kobe and LeBron. But you, you can't compare. You can't. You obviously can't. And every time I try to tell people I'm not going to make the decision on who's the best, I'm not going to make the personal reasons. So when people do that, it's frustrating as crap. LeBron is the greatest of all time. Compared to who? Did he play against the great all, greatest of all time? Well, it's the most athletic of all time. Okay, well, in in Kobe's day, it was the, it was the most, I don't want to say physical, but it was, it was the most physical of all time. In Mike's day, it was the most strategic of all time. In Magic and Larry Bird, it was the most flashiest of all time. So what's, what's the conversation that we're having? Different eras bring different stars. Like when Will Chamberlain played, Cats was averaging 30, 40 a game easily. You, you attain that to the, the style of play at the time or the fact that they were an anomaly at the time. Same thing with Jordan. When Jordan first came in and dropped 63 on Boston, and nobody ever mentions the fact that he had nine assists that game. No one ever mentions the fact that he had four steals that game. No one ever mentions the fact that he had three, three blocks that game. Because these people want you to focus on one aspect of the game. How many points can you score? I had a scout that was scouting me one time when I was in high school. And the first thing he said was, I know you had 15 points this game. But there was one thing that I saw in your game that I don't see in a lot of kids your age. The fact that little things while you're on the court make the energy on your team so much better that your 15 points made a difference but didn't make a difference. And, and for a guy in the 10th grade hearing that, it, it made me think about what type of player I was. Now... I played more talented guys in the rec leagues and, and, and then the outside of high school leagues. And I was getting 26, 27 a game. But the scouts that saw me in those games saw a different person. They saw a guy that could actually put points on the board, but they respected the game that I had when I played in high school because, and you can ask anybody that used to watch me play back in the day. People used to get frustrated at me because I wanted to involve the other four guys on the basketball court. 
because I knew at the end of the day, if I scored 40 and the final score was 60 to, to 50 and, and I had 40 of the 50, we still lost. But if I got, if I got guys involved, they might not score 50. They may score 25. And that happened very often. So I remember that we played a playoff game at one point, And I think we won 83 to, to 30 something. And the same scout came down to me and said, I watched you this entire game. The way that you dealt with your teammates to help on the defensive end to prevent these guys from scoring 50 points was amazing. And I said, so you don't care the fact that I had 16 points, 15 rebounds, seven assists, and three steals? He said, I'll tell you one thing. The fact that you looked at your stats lets you know that you value what you put in the book. But as soon as that ball gets, goes up at the tip, you don't think about your stats. You think about what you need to do in order to win this game. And those are the guys that I want on my team. And that, that set in a lot of things in my mind. Like, all-star games, I can drop as many buckets as you want. I can do a lot of fancy things. But when it came down to winning, I honestly never played on a losing team. Never. Junior high school, I never played on a losing team. Like, even though I, I wasn't a consistent champion, I never played on a losing team. Like, my senior year in high school, we lost a total of four games. My junior year, when I didn't play as many games, I mean, we lost nine, but we were 21 and nine. My ninth and 10th grade year, my ninth grade year, we lost one game. My 10th grade year, when I played JV, we were undefeated. We were, we were destroying cats. And then when I moved up to varsity at the end of my 10th grade year, you know, I was a different energy bug on that squad. So that's a little bit personal things about me. But when I got to college, I actually didn't get that much of a chance. Um, I think partially it was my fault because I, I the, the college that I wanted to go to, the coach got fired. So I had to, had to do another choice. Um, then I ended up getting injured um, around the early parts of the, the basketball season. So my college career was pretty short. Um, but ultimately going back to the main thing, um, whenever you look at the way that the NBA decides on the guys that they're bringing into their team, we have to legit stop looking at the names and look at the style that these guys have. And the one thing that I want to say about all these LeBron stands, um, get a life, um, get a favorite team, stick with it, enjoy the game. Be a fan, man. Just don't be a stand. Because being stands are ugly. Maverick, I just I just want to point out another thing. And this is another thing that stands do. They they like to proclaim another thing. Um so in the same post where the guy mentioned that to people that hate LeBron, I made a comment underneath saying, once you realize that the hate is towards his fans and not him, then these kinds of posts will stop. No one hates LeBron. LOL. So the guy commented afterwards and said, oh, so he doesn't deserve fans, huh? So I said, fans, yes. Stan's my word. Wait a minute. You're a Stan. Ooh, it all makes sense now. So he puts, who is my squad? So I said, it doesn't even matter. I know who yours is. Then he put, your hatred for LeBron is sad. You're probably a Kevin Durant fan. Adding to something that's not there. 
an ultimate stand move, adding to something that is not there. Why do stands do that? So now all of a sudden you think I'm a Kevin Durant fan? Kevin Durant grew up 15 minutes from my house. So did Michael Beasley. So did Jared Jack. So did Josh Cribbs. Josh Cribbs a little closer. Just naming guys that played professional. Those are guys that I respect because they got to a point in their lives that I can never get to. But there was one point in time that athletically and gifted, a lot of people said I was better than them. That's where I learned at an early age is where you are at one point in time is not your finish line. I didn't use it as my finish line. Ultimately, injuries hurt me. That's why I tell everybody to have a third and fourth backup plan. But I could imagine if I took basketball 2% more serious than I did, I would be in those guys' shoes and we would still be having these discussions with those guys. So when I look at those guys, I admire everything that they've done in life. Do I wish I was them? Absolutely. But that's not my life right now. So I'm enjoying everything that I have. But to say that I have hatred for a guy because they made it to a, a, a plateau that I have not gotten to, you're disrespecting me and you're disrespecting them. Like, that's that's a stand move. That's a stand move. Enjoy your life. Enjoy the entertainment that these guys are, are giving to us. And let's have some fun enjoying the sport that we love. There's, and it's funny because every time I always do things like this, the first thing that I tell people is, I want you to find one time that I said something that wasn't factual about this guy that makes me sound like a hater. For the last 15 years, no one has found one. I post multiple things about this guy. Never bashing his credibility off the court. Never destroying him on the court. The The most hatred that you can find about anything that I say about LeBron James is the style of play that he plays does not translate into making guys that he plays with better. When I say things like that, the first response to for everyone is, well, look at these stats. That is not making players better. Stats do not make players better. Look at Julius Randle. Play with Kobe. Learn some things from Kobe. Now he's an all-star. Look at D'Angelo Russell. Play with Kobe. Learn some things from Kobe. He was once an all-star. Lonzo Ball got put so much things on his back. He's not an all-star, but since you guys like to look at stats, look at his stats. They're consistent. I mean, even Kyrie. I mean, admittedly, I know Kyrie, in my mind, is not a winner. He might be the only guy that has the same type of game after LeBron than he did before. But we got to get out of the stigma, man. Like, it's it's getting ugly. It's getting ugly. Like, I don't, I don't want any hatred toward this man, and I don't want the level of love toward this man that people are having to the point where I can't even say, to me, he's a top three player of all time. How is that disrespectful? A top three player of all time in no order. Like it's the, it's the point when I say things like that, people always want me to make an order. Why do I have to make an order? But anyway, that's my beef. On to the next topic. 
Alright, so on to the next topic. Now that we got all that fun stuff out of the way, the next topic we're going to talk about is the WNBA. Now, I know you guys are like, women's sports game, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something about WNBA. WNBA is putting up some of the most exciting basketball right now. And if you're not watching, you're missing out. Um, Just in this last two weeks alone, there's been six buzzer beaters. There's been some also defensive plays to the point, to the point where they had a top 10 of blocks and it was just it was just disgusting some of these blocks man but listen the one thing that I want to say about the WNBA man give it a chance please please I don't get it man I don't the WNBA is putting out great product right now and no one's watching there's people that's why I'm watching. I don't know about you guys. I I had a lot of people cuss me out because I was prefer to watch a WNBA over the NBA playoffs at one point. But it was during two games that was the team was blowing up somebody else by like 20 points. Why am I watching that? And then one of the games that I watched while that was happening, uh, Kia Nurse from the Phoenix Mercury knocked down a half-court shot that I know a lot of guys can't even do. Like, it was amazing. But you're not watching it, so you're not going to see it. So... In my eyes, this is just me going back and forth. So let's let's go ahead and play the music. Yeah, I know. Play the music. Yeah, whatever. Um, so listen, the stars are shining bright on the WNBA right now. And all of the top players are currently not even in full motion right now. You got a few coming back over from the three three on three tournament that they had for the Olympic qualifier. You still have a lot of ladies that are still overseas getting prepared for the Olympics to play. And once these ladies come back over after the Olympics, I'm telling you, man, you're going to want to watch the WNBA. You're going to want to. I'm telling you right now. <sighs> Please. I'm begging. I'm begging. Okay, I'm not begging that hard. But still, you guys got to watch it, man. Honestly, you're missing some good stuff, man. <sighs> All right, I'm not going to drain you guys out. On to the next topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so for the next topic, we got to talk about Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, this guy. Um, the the one thing about Stephen A. Smith, man, he's pure entertainment. You you can't hate on Stephen A. Smith for being a lack of an entertainer. But this guy, man, ever since Kwame Brown, and it's pronounced Kwame. So every, anytime you guys say Kwame, I already know you're Stephen A. Smith fans. It's Kwame Brown. Every time Stephen A. Smith comes on the screen now, ever since he got bashed by Kwame Brown, it's letting me know that this guy is a character. He's a character that Disney ESPN wants to put out. And he right now is going through with every character <laughs> that he can have. Like, to the point, this guy legit walked out on a debate without anybody else debating. Talking about he's pissed. He's pissed. About Brad. First of all, it was about Brad Stevens being promoted to Danny Ainge's job. Whatever. That's the decision they made. Go live with it. But now he's talking about how blacks don't have a chance to be GMs and this and that and that and this. 
when you're looking at the the grand scheme of things, are there really a lot of black or minorities that are looking for these particular roles? For me, that's frustrating because I want more blacks to be in those particular roles. But right at this moment, are there any names popping up? Like the media likes to do a lot of these things, but the media is not throwing out these black names, these minority names for these GM roles. Like I remember at one point, Chauncey Billups wanted to be a GM role. Now he wants to be a head coach. I can see Chauncey Billups is a head coach right now. But going back to Stephen A. Smith, the guy, the guy is a character right now. So they start off the debate about Brad Stevens getting promoted in Danny Ainge's role. And the first thing that he does is talk about how pissed off he is and this and this and this, takes off his jacket and walks away to the point where every other guy on the screen is like, dude, can we have a rebut to what you're saying? And we can have a nice discussion about what's going on. That's a clown move, dog. <laughs> um, and then on his show, on his ESPN Plus show, he he had the nerve to put on a a black power jacket, <sighs> and it was kind of cringeworthy. Then it was another episode that he was talking about how. LeBron doesn't even really have a team. Like, he needs to go recruiting and this. Listen, God, like, LeBron, that's not LeBron's job. LeBron's job is to not recruit guys for his team. It's, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> and then I had to go back and relax and say, the guy's just playing a role. He's doing great at the role that he's playing. Let's just let's just enjoy what he's putting out. And then one of my friends threw this interview with Jason Whitlock over talking about Stephen A. Smith's credentials as not only a beat writer, but to talk about sports in general. Now, I won't play it because well, what the hey? I'm not getting no money out of this. Um, so Whitlock basically said that as a basketball analyst, Stephen A. Smith can say anything he wants. He has the time in the game. He has the respect from the players. So when it comes up from basketball, say anything that you like. But when you start talking about other sports, you better have your proper notes in front of you. Uh, because they can go downhill. I'll give you an example. At one point, Stephen A. Smith gave his commentary about UFC. You notice you don't see Stephen A. Smith around UFC ever since. I think it was a McGregor fight. McGregor beat this one guy so senseless that the doctors did not clear him to continue fighting. Stephen A. Smith, and this is coming from Jason Whitlock, and there's video proof of it, said that the guy quit. Now, I'm not a fighter. I'm an athlete to the point where if somebody told me I quit on my team, on myself, then 
I'm ready to fight you and, and let you know how much I really quit. He basically said that a UFC fire, fighter quit in the middle of a fight. Can you believe that? And when that got to Dana White, he forbid this man from ever calling another UFC match. Fast forward to when he talked about the NFL. I want to say it was a Chargers Chiefs game. He was talking about how he's excited to see Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. No, duh, whatever. But he brought up a matchup between Hunter Henry, who, if I'm not mistaken, tore his ACL that year. And he said, and I quote, is having an amazing season so far. What season are you watching? How can you have an amazing season? You have yet to to put pads on for the season. But it gets worse. He said the matchup between Hunter Henry, mind you, who has yet to play it down, and Derek Johnson, who didn't even play on the team. He was cut before the season started. Was picked up by the Raiders and then cut. So he's not even in the NFL at the time. And I want you guys to look this video up because it was him, Max Kellerman, and in the middle was Teddy Bruschi. When he met when he mentioned Hunter Henry, Teddy Bruschi kind of like sat back and stood up. His posture got great. But then he said how great he's playing up until this point. And then you see Teddy move his head to the side like, does he not realize he ain't play? Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, we'll let him continue see where he goes with this. But then when he mentioned Derek Johnson, you watch Teddy Bruschi's face. It is the funniest thing on TV at the time. And, and what, to make matters worse, before he even mentions all this stuff, Max Kellerman had to remind him that another guy didn't play the whole season. So what are we doing here? Once again, another guy that I respect. Because he's, in, he's put his family and himself in a place that I can only dream of. But come on, man. One of the things that they tell you when you're doing things like this, you got to have everything in front of you so that you know what you're talking about. Not because not because you don't need the information, but because at some point someone's going to throw something at you and you got to be ready to throw it back. He can't do that. He couldn't do it. He messed up rule number one. Get your information correct. And in his role, they give you everything to talk about at the beginning, and you you brought everything up on your your iPad and your laptop, so everything is there in front of them. But I digress. The funniest thing I've ever seen. So Jason Whitlock went into a sheet storm, S H E E T sheet storm, and just came down heavy on Stephen A. Smith. Called him a clown. Called him the the prototypical Negro. It's a 20-minute interview. Check it out. It's it's funny stuff, but it's all factual. So, basically, and I'm going to end it here on Stephen A. Smith. Continue to do what you do because it's getting you paid. But please, please, stay away from Kwame Brown. And stay off the weed. Duh.
because obviously what you've been talking about lately, you you tested a few things. Tell me if you don't. But anyway, let's go to an ad break and then we'll continue for the rest of the week stuff. Oh, man, it's time to have some fun. Time to have some fun. Did you uh, did you guys notice what Chris Paul and Jay Crowder did at the end of the game they did against the Lakers? <laughs> oh, it was funny stuff to me. Let me tell you something. The funny thing in my eyes is the fact that nobody even noticed the Chris Paul thing. I had to go back and rewind it. So I didn't watch the game, obviously, because currently at this point in time, I'm working overnight. So I missed it. So I watched the replay. And the first thing I noticed toward the end of the game is Chris Paul mocking Andre Drummond doing the the post-up move when LeBron did it on Jay Crowder. Oh, how nobody's talking about this. I don't think anybody noticed it, but it's funny to me. But everybody noticed Jay Crowder doing the salsa dancing from the, from the LeBron James commercial. Hilarious. Hilarious. My, 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 my. Listen, let me tell you something. I respect it. I love it. Have your fun, man. <laughs> Phoenix Suns going on to the next round of play. I think they're playing Utah. That should be a good one. That should be a real good one. Are they playing Utah or are they playing Denver? Dang, I said. I had the standards in front of me. I'm sorry. Um, so they're going on to the next round. LA's gone. Just just the lighthearted stuff, the fun stuff from the NBA this past week, man. Um how nobody's talking about Chris Paul right now is hilarious to me. Um but I expected it. Um, it's some good stuff, man. Um, and then we also got the news with Kwame Brown from his interviews. He had an interview with uh, Etan Thomas, who who was a Washington Wizard around the same time, and they discussed a few things about how he was treated. Um, go, guys, go check that out. Um, Terry Stotts stepping down. As Portland's head coach, I don't think he was the issue. But um, at this point in time, Portland does need a new face. I think you, you get a guy in the uh, in the aspect of a uh, – sorry for that noise. If you get a guy that has a, a strong defensive mind on that Portland team, Portland's going to be a problem next year. But ultimately, I think they have to uh, – the one thing that they're going to have to do – and I. I'm going to get a lot of hate. They're going to get. They're going to have to get rid of CJ McCollum, and and do some work. They're going to, have to do some work, man. It's going to be very interesting what Portland does this off season. Um, I I love it, man. I cannot wait to see what's going to happen next season. But I'm enjoying the playoffs. I'm enjoying the WNBA season, man. So. uh Let's uh let's pack our bags, man, because we about to go on a trip. All right. All right. So next topic, I want to step away from sports a little bit, man. Let's have some fun. Whew. This is a hard topic for me right now. Um, I just want to say, you know, it's painful to talk about this. About how these cicadas has been on an attack, man. Jesus Christ. Have y'all have y'all seen the massive? Listen. If y'all been following me on Instagram, y'all know how much I've been getting attacked. 
listen, 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 listen. These cicadas have no no cut cards. <laughs> listen, if I and, and, and I'm going to the window right now. If I open up this window, y'all gonna hear them. These these things are not playing around. Look at my roof. Look at my roof. Look at my roof. I'm at the window right now, so this is the type of podcast I'm doing. Let's let's crack open the window real quick. Do y'all forget the cars in the background? Do y'all hear that? Listen, man. These things—they're not playing fair. Okay. When I when I went to take the trash out the other day, you know what happened? Huh? You know what happened? I almost died. That's what almost happened. Oh my god! I went to grab a trash can. It was fifteen underneath the handle. I don't know what to do, man. I don't know. Look. Look, my neighbor's having a cookout right now. They got to run inside because they're getting demolished. They're getting demolished, man. What? All right, listen, let me tell you something. My neighbor got a flat tire. I, I, I would not hold her over them that the cicadas just ate the tire away, okay? This is madness. I don't know what's going on with this life right now. This is stupid, okay? I remember in D.C. used to walk outside thinking you're going to see a water bug. I ain't seen a water bug since the cicadas came. I think they ate them. Uh, the damn show got attacked. Look at my roof right now. I'm looking at the side of my house. Look at the roof. There's 25 of them just chilling right here. Oh, my word. Listen, man. To all the ladies in the streets, if y'all afraid of bugs, man, I pray for y'all. I know how some of y'all are. But yesterday, when I was at work, I'm letting you know right now. When uh, I had to go outside to get something out of my car. And the second I opened up my door, two of them flew in my face. Oh, you talk about the fear. Oh, my word. I wanted to call out from work, and I was already there. So this segment is the shout-out to the cicadas. You win. Rent is 2700 Y'all can have my house, okay? Just leave me alone. When are y'all going back away? Oh, my God. I don't know what to do. <laughs> is, it, is it something on me that the cicadas are attracted to or something? This is This is painful. This is this is extremely painful right now. I don't know. But um listen to everybody out there in the world who love cicadas, who are eating them like they like they fried chicken. I'ma pray for y'all, okay? Get yourself together. Alright, so to everybody in the world, stay safe. These cicadas are real, man. They real. Um, shout out to my no money sponsors. Uh to my boy, Big G, with the Mahi's Brandy. I still got that bottle cracked, man. You know how we do. Um, who else? Uh, I'm a shout out. Uh, uh, let's see. Ain't nobody else. Until y'all want me to give y'all a shout out, man. Watch my podcast. Listen to my podcast, man. I ain't shouting out, shouting out nobody else. Only reason I'm shouting out Mahi's, man, because he gave me a, he gave me some love, man. And that's family from the sandbox. All right. So I appreciate everybody listening to the pop up. Uh, next week, we're going to have our entertainment pop up for the, the introduction of the first episode of Loki. Uh, I'm going to add on my big shots. I've been, I haven't talked about my big shots TV review in a little week. In a few weeks, I wanted to get some more information because it was some some craziness going on in the TV show. So if you guys are not watching the big shots on Disney Plus, I still got to watch the superhero show on Netflix. I'm a little behind on that. And I got to do some other things. It's going to be a big week, man. I appreciate y'all listening, man. Until next time, deuces.